I like the way when you were testing your audio levels, you were laughing. Yeah. Instead of saying one, two, three, four, you use ha 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 ha. Oh, I always way use of making, I mean, that's optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> that that's going to be an accurate barometer for for the sound we're going to capture in this show. Well, we always laugh. That's true. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. We talk about the worst things in the I world. I know. I think it's just because remember I took a break from news. Yeah. All and right. then now I <laughs> then now I stopped my break from news. You've seen it again. Oh yeah. Oh, I can really feel it deep inside me. Oh no. You know. On a on a on a happier note, you know what I fucking can't wait for Steve. What? Great British Bake Off. Great British Bake Off. Yeah, it's a highlight of my week. <laughs> I thought you were like talking about it as if you didn't know it had already started again, even though no, 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 I am very aware. You and you should know that I'm very aware because we have yeah. a, and our friends have a group thread where we uh, watch Great British Bake Off and text each other about what's going on. I was actually afraid to broach it because I was like, I started watching Me it this too. year. I started watching it this year for the first time. Me too. And then I was I'm- like. Anybody else watching the cake show? Do, do you know how many times I wanted to bring off the GBBO on the, <laughs> as the cold open to this fucking podcast? Was that no? I felt too embarrassed, and I don't know why. But yeah, it's a fr- I've never watched it before ever, and I just started it this year. I guess maybe like a lot of people have, just because you know in lockdown and you know it's a big cultural thing has been for over a decade. And so I want to see what all the fuss is about. And oh my God, am I invested in these people and their cakes. Yeah. It's perfect because like, it's so wholesome and it's a competition. So it has like the structure of a competition, but this, the, 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 the stakes are so low. Like the stakes, what's at stake is so low, but they still within that has all the dynamics and, and you know, the music and stuff of a competition. But you know that ultimately nothing truly bad is ever going to happen in the hour and a half that you're watching it. Well, like, how is that different to any other non-violent competition? Like, you are, like, like is this different to football? What's, yeah. what's at stake with football? Uh, I don't know. There's just way more shouting. And you know, <laughs> you know, people, you know, drunk men making me feel bad about not shouting doing the way they're shouting and I don't know their chants and songs. Oh, you but don't get Bake shouted Off, at when you watch Bake Off? I always get shouted at when I watch Bake Off. <laughs> Who's your um? Who who who's, who who are you hoping to win? It was Mark, um, but he got kicked out. Oh yeah, other Mark, uh, other Mark. Is there two Nor- Marks? Nordy Mark. There's two Marks. There's Mark with K, Mark with C. I like. I like. I also like the English Mark because I think he's quite humble and good at baking. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a dark horse. Like he's never so showy as to yeah. kind of steal the show, but he's never really been bottom. I don't think much. No. He came uh, and first. he's just really wholesome and lovely. He won Star Baker one of the weeks. Oh, did he? Uh, Good on him. Yeah. I I really like the African English lady whose name nobody pronounces right, so I'm not Her- even Herma- going to try it. Her Herm Hermione? 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 I know she's Paul wonderful. Ho- Paul Hollywood goes, Ebby. Ebby. <laughs> Paul quick. Hollywood. She's cracked hey, though. A- I like her. I like her because she's nuts. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, she's great. Also, love how dry uh, the dry wit of what's her name. Lottie. Oh God, why am I like sorry. Lottie? Yes. Yeah, Lottie's your favorite, isn't she? Yeah, Lottie's my favorite. I hope she wins. But fucking Paul Hollywood, that man. He's great. What's up with that man? He's just like he's- a bulldog. He's just like a handsome English bulldog who just just stands there like he's a bouncer to a really posh place that serves high tea. 
and just takes <laughs> and sometimes he's like really dour and just like shits on everyone's brownies and then other times he's slightly better than that but he's never great <laughs> he's never very <laughs> well, very optimistic since we're only catching up I hope I don't know if you have a mentor I'm lucky to have a mentor when I'm watching and she's been mm. telling me all about what's going on do you know about oh. the Hollywood handshake yeah I've I've looked into that I've browsed the forums <laughs> after everyone gasped when he did one handshake yeah and I looked into it apparently that's a big it's deal it's a big deal it's a big deal wow and apparently like as the show goes on they start to get more cocky and more comfortable and they'll start like just sticking out their hands and he just like looks at them and shakes his head if he's not <gasps> actually giving it <laughs> oh wow <sighs> look because Lottie got it's, a Hollywood handshake she did yeah she did it was amazing uh, it's a great show I can't uh, it's just it's it's a good salve to what's going on in the world as a whole I suppose we should move on to that though because <sighs> I guess we'll have cake after Richie it's fine we'll have cake after I'm gonna bake some bread today I think oh great You haven't started your bread yet? No, so it's actually, it's beer bread. Oh, right. Not yeasty bread. So, no, it's not yeasty bread. It's, uh, I got it, I got, because my, we mentioned last episode, it was my birthday um, last week, and uh, I got a bunch of just different, sorry, one second. He's always there, that guy. Just fuck that dude in lockdown. He's just like a, it's like a, I think he's getting all pent up like a toddler during lockdown and he just every so often yeah just just goes absolutely nuts what was I saying oh yeah so my birthday got a bunch of like you know uh, gift boxes and stuff and one of them was called a man box and it just had it was it just had beer and lots of different types of scratchings so chicken scratchings pork scratchings you were disappointed when it wasn't a box of men look um, maybe that comes after I don't know maybe this is the amuse-bouche to the big box of men we'll see um, a big just a big crate of lads shows up on my door uh, but yeah in, in this in this man box there was um, beer bread and just like as far as I can dream it's a, a brown bag of flour it says to dump it in a loaf tin and then dump in a bottle of beer and then just bake so I'm going to do that so we'll see how that goes I don't know if that if you'd need three and a half hours of high tension and jokes from uh, from Noel Fielding to, to, to carry this project out but <laughs> you can try I'll try uh, what is what I am despite what that. you may understand from the last ten minutes of conversation it is yeah. not a baking podcast no it's not it's not a fan cast for GBBO no, but it may become one as these weeks go on, depending on how the results next week turn oh, out. Yeah, let's see how our anxiety states go. You're already um, massaging your neck. <laughs> subconsciously didn't even realise I was doing that. Oh boy. This, uh, this is a politics planer show where we take the big topics of the day or the not today, whatever we feel like talking about in the political yeah. realm, and we break it down and talk shite about it. The original WAP. WAP. We haven't talked about this. We used to, the shorthand, the acronym we used for our podcast was WAP for years. We took it until first. It was, until it was recently usurped. Bastards. Uh, did I ever, did I ever um, show you what, uh, was, I don't know if it was Keener Jer who made this, but listen to this. What am politics? What am politics? What am politics? I'll tell you a little anecdote about this one. I consider myself relatively technically proficient, but that's usually just because I'm not interacting with that many technically proficient people, such as you and Jer mm. and Keen. So I was playing uh, an online game last week and we're using the, like the shared Discord server that we have. Yeah. And I was in the voice chat and I was with 
two guys that are not part of this group but they were just coming in to use it to chat part of the game and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden in over the speakers of our headphones comes that that thing <laughs> <laughs> because Jared knows how no Keen actually Keen yeah. knew how to override our audio and then play the <laughs> audio and that's the first I heard of it uh, but yeah I feel like we can't use WAP anymore we used to got WAP chaps fuck that let's which, double down which, which takes out a whole new meaning no I'm thinking maybe it's time to rebrand and we changed this to the Politics in Motion podcast and we just call ourselves Pimps <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's actually a good enough idea to consider. <laughs> it's just an arbitrary group of letters. Um but Unrelated. I don't I think I think we can corner the market on the term pimp. We're we're sick of WAP, we're moving on to pimp. Uh let's just let's just workshop uh, pimps for a bit and yep. we'll see how it goes. Tell um, us what you all think about us being pimps. <laughs> um what what's next? What are we talking about next? Uh, oh my sm- my my hot take. Hot take. You ready to do a hot take? Oh, your bread out of the oven. Look, I said so last time around. I mentioned how I'd stopped. Uh, I was having a bad time of it with my mental health, and my therapist had recommended taking a break from news, which I did, and that was great. <laughs> Highly recommend taking a break from news from time to time, uh, and I've since stopped. Uh, refreshing news as much as I have been and I just kind of set aside some time in the mornings look at it once and then put it aside and then if you know there's a meteor going to hit the world I trust that it'll break its way through to me somehow (laughs) maybe maybe you Steve if you could do that for me that would be great um but I've been getting back into it and oh boy oh boy um lot of stuff going on and I want to talk bigger picture Nice. About just the news landscape as a whole a little bit later on, but one thing specifically, and it kind of feeds into our topic for today, um, but just the growing tensions around the presidential campaign uh, currently. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, we're recording this on Sunday, um, but on Friday, the incident with the Biden-Harris campaign bus. No. And the, okay, so um, there's a Biden-Harris campaign bus on a highway in Texas uh, as part of their campaign route. And there's several video clips of this online. I'll put them in the show notes. But uh, it's basically, uh, people are describing them, and this might seem like hyperbole, but it's pretty accurate, as Trump cultists, a group of um, pickup trucks brandishing Trump flags, tried to run the campaign bus off the road. Jesus. Basically had been following it around on the campaign trail in Texas for a while. And then on the highway kind of surrounded it, surrounded it and... Um, appear to have been trying to run it off the road until the the um, campaign team called 911 and were the candidates on the bus I think it was just campaign staffers Still, going on yeah. to the next point but obviously there's no no forgiving it so it happened yeah on the I-35 highway in Texas as the book, bus was travelling from San Antonio to Austin now as a result of this and mounting uh, tensions at rallies and stuff they cancelled some of their events for the Friday fucking what do you think Trump's response to this was Double down saying they shouldn't be there or something like that? <laughs> no, he, he retweeted the video of um, the pickup truck surrounding the campaign bus on, on Highway uh, I-35 and uh, just captioned in, in all caps, I love Texas. Mm-hmm. So not so much fanning the flames as just uh, adding more flames to the flames and putting petrol on the flames and just, you know, clearing space for the flames. And this feels 
basically my hot take, which isn't that hot of a take, is, and I don't want to like get into really dour speculative doom saying, but I feel like this is going to be anything but smooth next week or when the, this episode's going to be coming out on the day of the election. Um, but if the polls are correct and Biden does end up winning, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of um, pushback from similar groups like this because like if this is what they're doing now during part of the campaign, like a group of pickup trucks act- actively trying to, in broad daylight, run a bus off the road on a highway, like acting with that level of impunity, I can only imagine what would happen if in their eyes the worst case scenario happens. And I just wanted to get your opinion on, like, is this me being all doom and gloom because I've been away from the news and I came back to a tidal wave of bad news? Or do you think it's an accurate thing to say? Um, well, like, you're worried that the Trump supporters are going to get violent if they lose? Yes. Okay. I don't know is the answer to that one. Um Trump is a special beast on himself. Like you can't necessarily call a conservative liberal divide. There's people, like you say, Trump cultists that just fucking love Trump. Mm. They will be pissed off. There may be incidents, incidences of violence because it's America and people have access to weapons and like to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends on how much, I, it depends on how much in terms of like mass societal damage, people trying to basically start up a civil war or something like that it just it's my that, wor- it feeds it feeds into my worry what's feeding into my worry is that we're the timing of everything right so we're coming into a harsh winter with the pandemic america is fair faring terribly um despite the white house saying that listing that they ended the pandemic as part of their <laughs> did you see that the white house listed we ended the pandemic as part of their achievements mm-hmm. um for this year despite the fact that they're recording record high numbers but we're coming into a winter where that's going to be even worse. Everything that happened with the, the George Floyd protests and riots and the mounting tensions around law enforcement this year. And then now, they, like, it just feels like a lot of tension, tension, building, building, rising, rising. And then now we have this wonderful little spark to end the year on. And I'm just afraid of and what it way it could go up. It's going to depend on how close it is. It's going to depend on, and it can go either way, to be honest, if Trump wins again the supporters of the Democratic Party are not going to be happy and mm. there will be protests and potential clashes. But if it's a landslide, which is as likely as Trump winning, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So like Biden winning comfortably is the best. That's like a 60% chance. Biden winning by a landslide, there's about a 20% chance. And then by Trump winning by the skin of his teeth through an electoral college victory, there's about a 20% chance of that as well. So if Biden slams it, I think there is always a, a risk of individuals being nuts or people or like sick people in in pickup trucks being pricks. That's always possible. But in terms of like mass unrests, loads of violent incidences, I don't think there's much of a chance of that happening. That's only yeah, I don't think re- it's that's, gonna- a, that's only really going to get into it if if it's contested and you have both yeah. sides saying we won and then you need to have shows of force and stuff like that. That's when you get into proper breakdown of democracy territory that we've yeah. seen in all parts of the world. And it would be really sad if it happened in the original modern democracy. But it's yeah, possible. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, yeah. I mean, when you when you see these things, it, they're terrifying and you feel sorry for the people that are on the bus and it must be mm. awful to experience that. But you also got to be conscious that, like I didn't, I didn't see that I don't know how I missed it. I, I, I don't 
like, I don't know how, I'm just looking at different mm. sources of news, but people are going to get hundreds of thousands of clicks on their websites because of that story. And they're going to want to push it and, and, and heighten the tension yeah. and heighten the narrative and stuff like that. And you alluded yeah. to, you want to talk about that later on as well, because you get, it, things are not always as bad as what the media want to spin them to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's what Brezzy talked about in her mental health episode as well. Exactly. Like these incendiary, salacious things are always going to be things that surface, especially something like this, where it is very kind of like, oh, you can picture this as like the, the, um, the tension building scene at the end of the second act of the movie recreation of this year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It plays very well on camera. <laughs> this is the world. It's not a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but that's why I'm saying that's why it performed so well. I don't think, um, uh, like when I was saying my, my fears, it wasn't really around a civil war brother on brother style split down the middle of America. It was more so nut job fringe cases just across the board feeling like they have permission and license to do similar crazy stunts en masse because they'll have like a singular in their mind, negative event to, to rally behind. But no, you're, everything I mean, you said is absolutely right. That could happen, but you have to remember that these are individuals with families and stuff like that as yeah. well. So I don't know how many, and like the cops are going to try and get them. These guys that I'm sure they tried to ram the truck off the road, they are going to get arrested and prosecuted. Yeah. It's, it's just against the law. So it, I, I mean, I don't think America is there in terms of like that kind of breakdown where you're going to have every third house deciding to do something violent like no it's not it's not mm. there but america is in a really bad place and partisanship is is insane it's almost like they have divided into these two tribes democrat and republican it's not even just political anymore it's identity it's everything like yeah. i think more people more families would be unhappy if one of their children married a member of the other party than they would if they married someone of a different race it's more important to people's identity now than race wow. <laughs> That's a an area that shows like an area of growth in America, but just in the wrong direction, in the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> it's a lateral growth that you know isn't really growth. Mom, uh, coming back to Texas, my new boyfriend. Uh, oh, well, he's an African American. Hmm. Is he a Democrat? No. Okay. Ray. Hey. I like lower uh, taxes and states' rights. <laughs> Come on in, son. <laughs> Christ. Uh, I yeah, I guess talk about the, I alluded to talking about the stuff, bigger picture in general. Um, the, like we said, this episode is going to come out on the day of the election and it's all things show it's going to be pretty contentious and um, there's going to be a lot of live news feeds constantly bombarding you with, you know, things as they happen. And I'm sure there's going to be dramas um, as well as that UK over here in the UK, I know where a lot of our listeners are, just announced another lockdown Yeah, last night that we're going into now. Um, that's following suit from like other parts of Europe. I know you guys are locked down as well in Ireland, Steve, and um, Germany, France, Germany, France, Germany, or Belgium, yeah, they're all recording. Spain. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really second wave as well, truly here. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's very tangible, the effects and stuff. Um, so that, Coupled with, you know, how the election is going to go, I just want to take a second to, again, reiterate stuff we talked about in um, our mental health episode and stuff about looking after your head while all this is happening. Um, you know, it, fight the temptation to constantly <laughs> throw yourself into the live updates if you can, if if it's, you know, detrimental to your health. Keep an eye on how you're feeling make sure that even in the in the midst of lockdown you can go out and get your fresh air and exercise um and do all those bits and maybe look into the, some of the stuff we were talking about before and you know little tricks to help you feel better be it like something as involved as taking up meditation or gratitude journaling or like Brezzy said just telling yourself one good thing 
um, in the mornings before you go about your day. Just because ju- I, I, I'm springing it up now because I know it's going to be a thing, but also because I can feel myself, despite the fact that I'm very self-aware of this stuff. You just heard me, Steve, when I was talking about that hot take. It was all very doom and gloom, but that's because that's kind of where my anxiety takes my interpretation of news is to worst case scenarios. And I kind of, one of the reasons why I brought it up, despite the fact I knew I wanted to like have this public service announcement part of the hot take is that I wanted, like I almost needed reassurance from you that everything would be okay. And that, you know, that's something I have to kind of work through. Um, but it just kind of shows how news can affect uh, how the external stimulus can affect you and just, Keep an eye on it, guys. Where did you see that article? I can't believe I missed it. Was it like The Guardian uh, or something like that? It's on The Guardian, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah, but careful. The Guardian are reputable and good and all that, but they are also mm. left-wing and know where they know what their listeners want to click on, what their viewers want to yeah, click on. I, I mean, and I fall into that bucket. Um, Get so out yeah, of the bucket, Richie. Yeah, I can't. It's so <laughs> you're, big. You're like a moth so in deep. a bath. Get a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, I just wanted to, yeah, just say keep keep it. Just look after yourselves during lockdown. and Maybe don't do what I do and plan to take have the day after the election booked off so you can stay up all night drinking wine and shouting at the television. Because I, <laughs> I can handle that. That's I get off on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I need you, Steve. Um, you maybe I don't, we, have, we haven't talked in your life <laughs> to make you feel normal. <laughs> we haven't talked about this, but maybe we'll do another quiz, another one on politics quiz night with our listeners during lockdown. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just do something fun. I don't know. Suggestions if the listeners have, if you guys have suggestions and you want to join up with your fellow whappers or or pimps, let us know. (laughs) Oh God. Whapper pimps. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) What have we done? Uh, Yeah, let let us know if there's anyone doing like a nerd quiz night or something like that. Maybe just to, you know, keep keep the community going. Uh, We're, 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 God, it's taking us a long time to to get through this episode. Uh, What's next? Oh, we should do a head stuff shout out. We are part of Ireland's largest podcast network, uh, Head mm-hmm. Stuff. We are taking the time just to shout out a couple of ep- a couple of other shows. Um, this time we are going to tell you about the behavioural vaccine. In each episode, comedian and organisational behavioural expert, Kate Feeney, is joined by behavioural psychologist Podrick Walsh to make sense of behavioural science and explore ways that we can use this knowledge to improve our health and happiness. That sounds very applicable to the kind of stuff we were just talking about. Yeah. Oh, sounds good. Big fan of vaccines in general, and my behaviors need some correcting. <laughs> so. These guys sound like WAP for your brain. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Wait, which interpretation of WAP? I don't care. Play the play the <laughs> audio. Hi, I'm Kate, and I'm Porik, and we host the Behavioral Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioral scientists who met through improv comedy, and so each week we bring the two things together to explore how behavioral science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. Shall we do a bit of shilling? Let's, uh, some shilling for some shillings. (laughs) Could you please, dear listener. Money please. If you enjoy the show, could you please go to whatonpolitics forward slash beer and drop us some change. forward slash beer. You need to be on the internet for this. This isn't a local file on your computer. I mean, if you do, if you're within five k of me, I will show up and collect the money as well from a distance. That's true. Yeah, you, as well. I don't know what distance you guys are allowed to move around, but we will come to your house. But if you can't do that and you want mm. to be socially distant, you can do it online. 
Well, I think this counts as work, so the Tories are okay with me going around <laughs> and collecting my podcast money. If you say it too much, they're going to make you do it. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, whatonpolitics.com forward slash beer if you want to buy us a, a, a lockdown beer that we will enjoy in the comfort of our own homes while watching Bake Off. Or I might stick it in some bread. Who's to say? Uh, Steve, this this is a timely, timely release in a way that our releases aren't often that timely. But this is bang on the day that this episode should be coming out. It's almost what day is like it? I looked at the calendar a couple of months ago <laughs> and figured it out. <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> it's like the only time I ever get something right. I completely like last time we did UN because it was the 75th anniversary and I was like, oh, we missed it. It was like April or sometime. It wasn't. It was like the week after. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about the office of the President of the United States of America. Man, and why today? Because when this episode is being released, the good citizens of the United States are, it's it's not really polling day, but it's mm. like the last polling day because they've been voting all summer and autumn. Right. This is like the last day you have to cast your vote. Is that across the country or is it state by state different? Like how? Well, like every state, every county in every state can run its own version of the election as long as it all feeds into the electoral college at the end. But yeah, right. this, there's no, no, you can't walk into any polling booth on Wednesday and vote. Right. You have to finish by Tuesday. Well, this seems like a good time as any to actually talk about POTUS. Um, POTUS. Where, where should we, where should we start? I suppose we'll start with the branches of power in the US government as they were designed. Yeah. So th- this is, I, I know there's three of them. Yes. Because we talked about them before. And the president is one of them. Yes. Well, the president and his and his people. Yeah. And it's always been um, his. So in this Triforce, what, <laughs> what are the other two? And how does like, is one more, like in Legend of Zelda, is, you know, the Triforce of power better than the Triforce of courage? It's more like a three-tiered cake. Right. So the base, you call that the legislator. Legislator. Okay. They're like, they're the main one. They inv- they write the laws. They're, they're, they're Congress people and the senators. They write all the laws. And then you have the, this is how it was designed to work. It's not actually how it works in practice, but we'll just talk about the design <laughs> first because it's easier. Okay. You yeah. got the, you got the guys at the bottom. They're making all the laws. They represent the people. And then you got the executive in the middle, which mm. is like the day-to-day government. They're supposed to run stuff on the basis of those laws. Right. And that, that organization is headed by the president. And then on mm. top of that, Deciding when on things, on potential problems or like if the executive doesn't do things the way the Congress wanted, you have the legislator who decide on the laws all the way up to the Supreme Court who are the final arbiters of the American Constitution. Wait, so there's is, two, did you say there's two legislators? There's one, le, there's, there's two legislators. Oh, the judicial. The, I thought judicial, final, yeah. Judicial is the final one. Legislator so, is the start, judicial is yeah. the last. Executive in between. And you got, hmm. <laughs> Trump mm. sandwich. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> oh, it's probably so, some terrible sex act. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, yeah, I was vaguely aware of um, ju- the judicial and the like legislative branches of the government, but the president, like the executive, that middle part, is the most well-known, most popular, most kind of commonly understood of those three. Sure. Is that indicative of their importance within that trifecta? Like, are they in charge? Is that the, re- like, is that the reason why they're so known and considered so powerful? In terms of government, no, because the president is incredibly constrained in what they can do. They really, there are a lot of things that they can't do, even though they would like to do. And they're often, often how successful a president is depends on what what goes on in terms of Congress behind them or the Supreme Court ahead of them. Um, But the president is also the head 
of state for the United States of America. You know the way we've got Michael D? Yeah. So he's like, he's the president. He's the president of Ireland. He represents our nation as a, as if you like were to say, what is Ireland? Well, at the moment, it's him. He's the president. He's the head of state. Yeah. The UK, they got the queen. All the other places have got kings, queens, presidents, all those kind of things. Um, mm. The Pope is the head of state for the Vatican. <laughs> These kind of things. So you, there are individuals who represent their nations. Going back into the days when you had proper kings and queens who like Henry VIII was England, if you know what I mean. So yeah. when, when the Americans were designing their thing, the, the president was the head of state. But to make things complicated, he is also the head of government. Whereas most right. places we separate those two. So you have the prime minister in England who runs the government. In Ireland, you have the Taoiseach who runs the government. Whereas all the ceremonial stuff and final signing of laws sits with the head of head of state. So mm-hmm. the Americans have smushed that together to make it even more complicated and confusing. But because that that's like their their fairly modern recent government, did they do that because they looked at the other systems and went, no, this will be better? So that's a misconception. America is not a new country. America is an old country. America, in, in terms of continuous length, is one of the oldest government states that the world has. Like Ireland was only really invented in the 20s in terms of yeah. like getting independence and getting its own government. The UK, I, yeah, the UK, they've been around a good while. But then, but didn't, like, their, didn't they form their country out of rebellion? Like it wasn't their, sure. their but doesn't yeah, that but make it a new? It makes it like a new nation, if you want to call it that. But then also, like, there's so many other nations that have been new as well. It just it's something that bugs me when people go, "America, it's so new. We're so oh, don't blame us. We're just getting trying to figure out this thing." Fuck that! You've had an American <laughs> constitution that was written by dudes that wore like knee high socks oh, and you, wigs. You pissed off the Americans now. They're beeping outside my window. <laughs> oh no, it's them Trump guys coming to get you. <laughs> um, trying to run my house off the road. <laughs> well, their trucks are big enough. It's Texas. Um, yeah, so look, that was just a, a minor gripe I want to give. When they were designing it, they were they were trying their best to model things closely to the to the to Britain, but then also change them enough so that they could have a better system. So, like, you needed someone to be the head of state to represent the nation. So they chose the president. And then when they were designing it, they're also like, oh yeah, you also need someone to run the executive branch. So we'll stick that, the presidency in that one as well. To be honest, if they had separated the two, things would have been an awful lot fucking easier. Yeah. You said we got a question about veto when we put out this to our listeners on Instagram. Yeah. So I mentioned there that in in like Ireland, the president is the the last person to sign a law to make it officially a law. And Mm -hmm. it's the same with the queen in England. And she, she never ever does anything political with those things. Every so often, the Irish president will refer a law to his council of state or her council of state, and then they can decide if they want to fully sign it or not. In the United States, that's that's the president. So the president gets all laws on his desk and he decides whether or not he wants to sign them. He built into the constitution is the ability to veto laws. So he can decide, I'm not signing it. I'm actually sending it back. And then Congress has to decide what they want to do with it. And they have two options. They can decide to ignore it, just forget about the law, maybe write a new one. Or if two thirds of Congress send it back again to the president, it has to become law. So he can be overridden. Right. Does that happen often? It doesn't happen that often. It depends on the president. Like I've got a Mm. list of the vetoes somewhere around here. Yep. So uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt fucking vetoed 372 times. Damn. He used to do it like every five minutes, pretty much. <laughs> um, whereas Barack Obama vetoed 12 times. So right. it's not really, it's not really clear. It, it would take a massive study of presidential power to figure out what was going on in the terms of politics in each time maybe, and why one president did it and didn't. 
Maybe it's like a font choice thing. <laughs> font choice? Yeah, it's like he did like the font, so just send it back. It's like, Bring stop it sending me laws and Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Garamond man. <laughs> Could have been that. Could have been that. Probably was. I, I, I feel bad now because when I, I just, just full disclosure, I send over questions to Steve that I would like us to talk about before we do these. And in one of them, I mentioned that the US is a relatively new country. <laughs> I know. And I want to add questions around like, why did they design the system this way if they had the benefit of like hindsight and learning from previous democracies? Like what were they basing it all off? But I'm well, now like- learning that I'm a big, stupid, dumb idiot and I shouldn't <laughs> have a podcast. That's not true, Richie. Come on. I'm not worthy to call myself a pimp. America did base itself on other stuff. They were reading lots of old the Athenian democracies. Like, do you remember when Roz was on talking about Athens' direct democracy and stuff like that? They were looking at that stuff and they were trying to figure out. But they were, America is the first modern democracy. And to a greater or lesser extent, all other modern democracies have based themselves on America. So... They haven't, they didn't really have much to base it on when they were doing it. They were trying their best to cobble it together. And Mm -hmm. one of the problems with America is that it's really hard to change that operating system. So this, this foundational system of government was drawn up by these dudes who had no idea what the world was going to be like in 270 years. Idiots. And yet that's, that's what they're still working on. And it's really hard to change it. That's why you get to these massive tensions where you could have Trump winning another election through the electoral mm. college without getting enough votes. And then God knows, I know California goes off and sets up its own country. Who knows? Yeah. I was being like, obviously facetious there when I said these guys 270 years ago were idiots, but immediately started going, God, imagine if I had to predict, like try and future proof some important documentation for 270 years from now. You can't even decide what I want for dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, there, I didn't factor into rights of hologram residents. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, or synthetic chrono congressman. Oh God. What's a chrono congressman? Oh, it's a time traveling congressman. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think about this. Imagine that would be so difficult to figure out. It's like, I'm going to vote against this because it's going to, because it's going to lose in the future. What? Yeah. Yeah. And it's there. also like you're gerrymandering, you're drawing your like, your, 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 your um, areas, but you have to draw them not only in space, but now in time as well. Oh. <laughs> so you're gerrymandering pockets. I'm going down the vote on the 2018 election. Wait, you mean 2020? No, no, I, I, my vote only works in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, John, he's gone to vote for 2025. 270 years, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hitting you now, is it? It's just it's just hitting me now how crazy things are going to be in 270 years. I mean, uh, Richie, okay, you've g- watched Hamilton. You, you should have got this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, coming back to 2020. Uh, we can't talk about the offices, office of the President of the United States and the upcoming election without talking about the Electoral College. Yeah, so we Again. have run through this loads of times and I will do it just as a super brief explainer because I know people find it complicated and confusing but basically people people and co-hosts Jim explained it really well it is every state gets a number of electoral electoral votes based on how many senators and congress people they have together added together Mm -hmm. and that is not proportional to population there are hacks and tricks in that system to give smaller states more power so they don't get so they don't get shattered by so yeah to those before they thought about chrono congressmen they were worried about this back in the day they were worried about Virginia and New York dominating everyone because they had more people so they, they they hacked the system to give little Rhode Island a little bit of a shout so mm. but the problem at the moment is that more individuals support one party than another so it is very easy for the Republicans to hack it 
that they have more power than they should in terms of proportional representation because that's not right. the system they have. So right. uh, Trump could win again by losing. Yeah, because he lost by almost three million votes last time. Well, that was fake news. Okay. Those were chrono votes. <laughs> chrono votes are valid, okay? Send in your chrono votes early and often. Uh, <laughs> and it's seven dimensions. This weird. Okay, he won because we disqualified counts from the seventh dimension, <laughs> and also uh, they don't recognize the sovereignty of certain pocket dimensions, and uh, those were completely discounted too. So again, we can't talk about we can't talk about this subject without talking about as well the two party system. Yeah, that's in America, which feels like a uniquely American thing. It's not two party system, but it's not. You're saying it's not. It's okay. absolutely not. So in my head, it's like the two-party system. It's the worst example of it in some ways, <laughs> but it's definitely yeah. not. Like, I mean, even in Ireland, we've only ever had heads of government that come from two different parties. It it just happens that we also two have different, co- very similar parties. <laughs> two different, very similar parties. I'm Jack Johnson, and this is my opponent, John Jackson. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, in the UK, like, it's all, it, like the 20th century has been dominated by two parties, they do have the Lib Dems sniping in at the heels and then recently as well you got the SNP and UKIP or Brexit or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it usually does rotate between two. The difference is is that America has fully embraced the idea of a two-party system in that like, like you could technically foresee in 20 years a new party coming up in the UK or... Like in, it happened in France with with on Marsh, and it happened it happens in Germany. Like they, the the bigger parties are slowly seeing their stuff getting chipped away. Whereas in America, they've written into their voting and legal organization this two party system, where people can in certain states have to register as one of the parties or an independent in order to vote. Right. So it is much more embedded in America. Um, and to like to what if I think. We over here see it as like a detriment, like it's a it's a bad system. Yeah. Are we fair in that conception or like what is so uniquely bad about this? It's uniquely bad in that when it doesn't work, you have this full on brink of civil war partisanship where parties can't work together at all. And then also mm. there's certain things about like if you're voting in a primary, it makes more sense to lean hard to the hardest side of your party to get their support and you yeah. ignore the people in the middle. So that you end up with more extreme versions of the party ide- ideology being overrepresented. I mean, that happens in both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, it's even it, like it's happening now at the moment where Joe Biden was a lot more anti-fracking when he was running than he wants to be when he's running for president. Because mm-hmm. to to get the Democratic nomination, you had to lean hard Democrat values. But now to yeah. get the presidential nomination, he wants to appeal to some independence in the middle. So he's like, I didn't say all those bad things about fracking. What, what are you talking about? But... <laughs> Those. I said fucking. <laughs> I'm totally pro fucking. Um, <laughs> Joe would definitely say I'm DTF. Like that. <laughs> Is that down to frack, Joe? <laughs> um, that is a bad part of it. But in other ways, mm. I mean, like the parties can be co-opted and changed. Like they're not unmalleable. Both parties have changed in so many ways over their times. Like the Democratic Republican Party used to be the party of the North. Yeah. In terms of like dem- the geographically. And the Democrats used to be the party of the South. The Democrats used to be the racist party. The Republicans <laughs> used to be the pro-integration party. And these Jesus. things kind of flipped and get rotated depending on who's running it and what strategies they're using at the time. I, like it's not, it's not the reason America is broken, but it's, right. it's not a great thing. 
Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, that's it. Like, we've done a good job, I think, of talking about the landscape and the systems as a whole. But let's get back to talking about the president and the job of the president. If I were to see POTUS listed on LinkedIn... You haven't described what POTUS is. Oh, sorry, acronym for President of the United States. Um, If I were to see that listed on LinkedIn, like I'm scrolling around... Uh, or someone's been furloughed or whatever they're looking for a new gig they're looking to retra- retrain like the Tories want everyone in arts to retrain as computer programmers if you're looking around and you saw um, President of the United States list on LinkedIn like what would the job description say? Well if you had asked me before 2016 <laughs> it would have been quite obvious oh a- executive experience in terms of running something um, mm-hmm. it used, like it used to be governors oh like a, co- like a company? like a no no, like, like, a, a, like a governmental organization. Oh, like a reality show. Like a reality show. <laughs> yeah, like sure. A, yeah. Because he's so good at doing those things as well. Like um, a mail order steak service. <laughs> was that a thing? Oh my Trump God, steaks. so gross. You just post steaks out to you. I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Am I making that up? Probably not. Trump Probably not. Steaks. If you'd asked me before 2016, yeah, uh, there could have been a long list of things, but ultimately really the only thing that should be there in terms of requirements is get voted in. Right. <laughs> Sorry, okay, Trump Stakes is a thing. Is? Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Was a thing. <laughs> the brand was launched in 2007. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's failed. It stopped. It's not. Because being a successful businessman isn't one of the caveats, otherwise he wouldn't have got elected. Whoa. And came in four packages with prices ranging from $199 with two uh, bone-in ribeyes, two filet mignons, and 12 burgers. Meat's expensive Bad. in America. Yeah, and the, but look, look at like look at this picture of uh, Trump steaks. It, like I cannot think of a of a less appetizing um, piece of marketing. I'll put this in the show notes. <laughs> right? Uh. Like get away from my food, Trump. Like <laughs> I don't want to find like a long shitty ginger hair in there. Well, you know he's a super germaphobe. People were really confused as to how he actually got COVID. I, I mentioned that loads of times that I didn't think he would get it because he's such a germaphobe. One of the really? he, one of the, you know the way he's famous for eating lots of fast food, KFC and that kind yeah. of stuff. It's because he does he likes the idea of no one touching his food when it's prepared. So the more factory oriented it is, the happier he is. He's oh, like Jesus. an old fashioned germaphobe. He doesn't consider how gross factories are. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just people. You wouldn't have eaten any of those steaks he's pictured with. Right. Sorry, I got distracted entirely by Trump Trump meats. Trump uh, has that effect on us. He does, he does. Sorry, what were you saying about, like, so, ideally, what would the job post be? Like, for a good president. <laughs> a good president. Experience in government, um, probably yeah. more than Barack Obama had, as as we've seen, he had a lot of problems in terms he didn't fully know the ins and outs of terms of, like, I mean, Barack Obama was a constitutional lawyer. He He knew his stuff. But mm. more practical political experience could have been helpful. Like some people argue that one of the most successful presidents was Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, he took over after JFK was shot and he got through an awful lot of legislation that would have been thought impossible. Like, for example, the civil rights legislations. So even mm-hmm. though he was working with the at the time Southern racist Democratic Party, he managed to conjole and convince enough politicians on both sides to get that stuff over the line. Mm-hmm. Um he was also an intolerable shit in terms of a human being. I absolutely would have hated to have known the man, but he was relatively successful in terms of domestic politics. It, the, his problem right. was he also got America into Vietnam, which was a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe because right. he had too much. Ah, that's that could be a good thing as well. Yeah, to be the American president, you should probably have a good idea of what's going on outside of America as well. Maybe that's yeah. where Obama had some good strengths. He did. He did quite well in terms of the international arena. 
Mm. So yeah. But maybe that's under the like, you know, they have the core responsibilities and then the nice to haves. Yeah. So like is an understanding of where other countries are. Would yeah. Be nice. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe the best president would be like a lady who was a military general and then became governor of a large diverse state mm. and then became president. Uh, you did mention any sort of reality TV deal in there, Steve. Well, she also had her own line of steaks. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Vegan um, steaks. Vegan steaks. Uh, so, okay, I've seen this job on LinkedIn. I've, I clearly check all the boxes. I apply for it. I get it. How much money am I getting? As a salary? that's why I'm in it. That's why I'm in it. Well, <laughs> that's in the, the thing. Money. So, like, not even Trump has made as much money as he would have if he hadn't got in. You don't, presidents are very rarely poor, but it's not yeah. a great way to make money. But anyway, they get $400,000. That's not a bad salary. It's not bad. It's one of the highest in the federal government. It's one of the highest paid heads of government in the world. But they also get loads of budgets. They get 100000 to travel around. They get 19000 for sal- for entertainment. They live in the White House, which is basically a massive complex hotel. They get 100000 mm. when they move in to redecorate it. Um, they get like, they've got gardens where they grow their own vegetables. They have gourmet chefs at hand. They have staff, hundreds of staff. They have bowling alleys. There used to be a swimming pool, but that's the uh, that's the press room now. They um, <laughs> they have they have, they have like their own cinema. They have they have Camp David, which is like a retreat they can go to, and then they can fly mm. there on Air Force One, which they got yeah. there via Marine Force One. They've got the Secret Service protecting them. They get the ride right around in the big beast, and then they get a big pe- they get a pension when they leave. True, and they can just go on the lecture circuit and just make a bunch of money when they leave. That's what Bill Clinton did. Yeah, and Obama's um, made and a bunch also, of money as well. Yeah, they've also got the. Um, uh, M&M's packet with the custom M&M's president logo. Them, of the, yeah. But you can't yeah, sell the them. You can't sell the icon, the symbol of the president. You know, the, the eagle and stuff, the, the seal, you can't sell that. Even the M&M's? You, know, you can't sell them. You have to give them away. Especially the M&M's. Especially. Um, it is worth noting that you don't have to be rich to be a president. Abraham Lincoln was poor as fuck. <laughs> um, right. The, one of the modern, most modern presidents have been quite wealthy usually before they enter office. But Harry Truman is an example of a poor one. He was an accidental president like Johnson. He became president after FDR died after World War II. And he was so poor that they had to increase the salary of the president while he was there because mm-hmm. he couldn't afford to be president. They didn't have all these other perks that they have now. And then when he retired, he was hitting serious financial troubles about 10 years later. So they had to invent the presidential pension. Oh, just so really? he could survive, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, we've you've mentioned like a lot of historical examples of of presidents over the years, um, but clearly, like things have changed yeah. from like the, the examples you've given to what we, we're looking at around us now. Like, in what ways has the role changed in terms of like to- actual laws and stuff as to how the president works and his powers and his responsibilities, they haven't changed that much. It's really still the same system that they were inventing back in the wigs and silly socks days. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things, and we got a few questions about this. <laughs> if people are asking what's going to happen, if, if when will Kamala Harris be president? Basically, they're not trusting Biden <laughs> to live if he, if he survives. So they're asking about the 20... 25- we said this, but Biden is one precariously pop balloon away from... <laughs> or Kamala Harris is one precariously pop balloon. Around Biden away from being president. And she's just walking around with balloons and pins all the time. <laughs> uh, she's like wearing a hedgehog suit. <laughs> um, 
the 25th Amendment is one thing that's changed quite a lot because the, the founders kind of forgot what they should do if the president died. Maybe they thought he would be immortal for a while. Um, right. So they have changed that a bit and people got questions. It's incredibly complicated, but also kind of fun. And we'll stick a link in the show notes about a recent video by CGP Grey who explained this very oh, yeah. well in animated form. Um, apart from that, like in terms of its role, in terms of its actual role, it hasn't changed. But in terms of like what the office means and does has changed massively. So they kind of went through a couple of eras. You have the first one where the presidents were quite important because they had to like make decisions that depended on the founding of the United States. Yeah. Then for yonks, presidents were nobodies. They were like... Really? They were, they were yeah, they were just kind of symbolic heads of state. Apart from one or two anomalies, they really didn't do anything. They, like one of the first anomalies was Lincoln. He jumped in, took over, ran the Civil War, won it, then died. And then they kind of fell back into... Nobody's again until mm-hmm. our boy until. <gasps> Teddy. Teddy. The described as a what an internal combustion engine in in trousers. <laughs> wow, the original Rough Rider. He was. He changed the presidency. He made it an incredibly personalized, person-specific office, and he really wanted to change things both domestically and abroad. Mm-hmm. That was quite rare for presidents before that. So. After that, he kind of set the bar. There were quite a, there were a few stagnant presidents, but then his sixth cousin came in, FDR. He was an incredibly interventionist president, both at home in terms of the New Deal, saving America from the Depression, but then also fighting World War II. And then after that, presidents are like political operative number one in America. It is the most important political job in America. And yeah. you really are like the next, you want to ask the next question? We'll get into that. Yeah, is so you, uh, you often hear about like America being the, you know, the, the preeminent superpower and the president being the most powerful man in the world and it being the most powerful office in the world. Is that true? Like, is that genuinely true? Yes. As a simple okay. answer. So yeah. the, pre- the president of the United States is the most powerful person in the world. Sure. Like there's a lot of, you can, a lot of asterisks on that. Like he mm. has controlled on loads of nuclear weapons. Well, so does Putin and so does President Xi. But at the same time, mm. no one has more allies Right. No one has more money. No one has more non-nuclear bombs. Like the American military is as large as the next nine biggest militaries in the world. Does that make sense? Did I explain that right? Yeah. So yeah. from two through to nine, if you combined all those militaries, America's still bigger. One, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Jesus. Raw, fucking Christ. People forget about it. America, like we, we were taught, well, oh, the rise of China, the, the European Union, like all the Americas, they, they couldn't win the Iraq war and all this. Mm. If America decided to do something, like it's very difficult to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> and the president of the, of the United States. One of them also, we didn't mention it properly, but the, one of the things that the founders wanted the president to do was represent them internationally, make decisions on foreign affairs. So while that can be checked by Congress in terms of they have the power to approve treaties or not, in terms of day-to-day running of foreign affairs, that's the president. And that is in the 20th century, that has proven to be so important. That got America yeah. into Korea, got America into Vietnam, got America into the wars in the Middle East. The president is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Uh, whenever a lot of my understanding, and we've talked about this, of the of US uh, politics is based on the West Wing. And in the West Wing, it seems like President Bartlett, every other minute, is being shepherded into the, um, uh, what's the, the situation room? Yeah. To deal with some new situation. And we're not talking about the situation from Jersey Shore. These are like legitimate <laughs> big world, potential world ending events. What an odd callback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what 
like how much of the president's job and also even looking at more recent examples again with like, you know, the pandemic and all of the stuff we saw around George Floyd this year and, and the fallout from that, like how much of a president's job is just damage control and crisis con- management and all that kind of thing as opposed to, you know, being proactive. Nearly like 100%. <laughs> it's like, just all just reactive yeah. politics. So even though, okay. even though they are the most powerful individual in the world, if you wanted to give someone that award, they are also entirely slaves to history. Like every mm-hmm. single president has been shaped by what happened to them in terms of what went on in the world that was totally outside of their control and they had to react to. Entire, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. That is, that is, it is every single president, if you look at what they're remembered for, it is usually something that had nothing to do with what they wanted to go in and fix. So like maybe right. Barack Obama is one of the few ones in terms of like, we will remember Barack Obama in terms of healthcare. Yeah. That's something he campaigned yeah. on. That's something he wanted to go in and fix. But at the same time, we also remember Obama for so many other things in terms like the rise of Russia again, the the change mm-hmm. in the Middle East. I mean, we remember George Bush for 9-11. We remember mm-hmm. Bill Clinton for, you know, the hokey pokey <laughs> in, the, yeah, in the office. That was completely out of his control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that's a bad example. Fell into a blowjob. <laughs> that's a bad example. He had no, but, yeah. yeah, that's a horrible example. <laughs> but then also, yeah, like it, there was all these other mini crises going on. Like the world was still in its post-Cold War era. It was still putting itself back together and he, America had to constantly jump in. Like, like the Clinton presidency is what the West Wing was based on. There was always stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. So yeah, no, they are absolutely, it's a reactive job. I mean, yeah. if it hadn't been for COVID, would Trump may have been a good example of someone who got what they wanted when they went in. He went in to fuck up America and in terms of like it's, he didn't want it to be a globalist power. He wanted to ruin its ability to to intercede in its own domestic affairs because he didn't believe in it. All those things. Yep, they mm. would have been successful. But then, bah, COVID. That's, that's what yeah. Trump's going to be remembered for. Yeah, for sure. In my head, especially before starting this podcast, the President of the United States, like you're always, even if you're not into politics, you're always very aware of who the President is. Like it's common knowledge that you can name who the president is because they are such a figure on a global scale. And it's almost like goes into the realm of celebrity rather than just, you know, politics. That's like how ubiquitous the name recognition is. Why is that the case with this one position in this one country when the same doesn't apply to so many other countries and so many other positions? What is it about the president of the United States? Well, it comes back to how powerful America has been in the 20th century, like that was the American century, like even in terms, not just if it's, if it's like old fashioned empire style powers, military and all that, it, like American culture is everywhere. We're mm. dripping in it. So obviously yeah. like. Especially we were raised on it. Raised on it. Yeah. Like like, like our diet was like fucking 10, 15%, whatever's on RTE and there are a handful of stuff from the UK, but the majority of it was like American exactly. entertainment. Yeah. And that's the same for a lot of like most of the world. I mean, the parts that are more domestically focused are probably the parts that don't really give as much a shit about the president of the United States <laughs> because they're too busy concentrating yeah. on their own stuff. Yeah, no, it's because we're dripping in American culture and part of American culture is a reverence and, I don't know, awe-filled nature of the presidency yeah. as well. it's a lot of solemnity around it. Yeah, it's actually, I'm going to steal an anecdote that I just listened to on Talking Politics, like, I suppose you want to call them like the academic version of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, 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 just noted, they just said that someone asked Trump after he won, before he got inaugurated, like what was his motivation for going for this? And he said he wanted to be the most famous person in the world. And Christ. he has succeeded in terms of surveys and stuff of, of name recognition. Trump is higher than any other individual human that has ever lived. 
Even the Jesus Christ? Even the Jesus Christ. Oh my God. People know about Trump before they know about Jesus. Wow. Bigger than Jesus. Fucking hell. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. The cultural, the cultural weight can't be overstated. Just think back on every single like cartoon or movie or, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Trump, the most famous man in all of history, do we, like, before we end things, do we want to like do a bit of a, not a deep dive. I don't ever want to deep dive in, into Trump, but just like talk about him so many a little folds. bit. And yeah, like just look, you know, we started this podcast almost four years ago because of Trump and because yeah. I needed to understand how he could have gotten elected and understand all of the things around it. Four years on, do we want to talk about again how this happened and how we ended up here? We should, why? We'll just do it briefly because I think no matter what happens, we'll do a whole episode reviewing Trump, either warning people for what's going to come or yeah. looking at what damage he had wrought now that he was gone. Because like, to be honest, yeah. like in my heart of hearts, I'm nearly 100% sure he's going to lose come yeah. come Tuesday. But at the same time, I can't, I can't be so sure as I was last time because it happened already. So maybe it can happen again. Anyway, yeah, yeah um, it's, it's for all the things like, it's all the things that we just talked about. The American political system is, too old, too creaky and too hard to fix. So you have these little pockets of problems that add up to getting Trump in. So you have like the 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 two party system and the nature of the like the, the extremes having more power than they should in that system. That led the way to Trump coming in. Like you had the rise of the Tea Party in reaction to Barack Obama and the financial crisis. All uh, you had like that set the stage for him being able to come in in terms of the rhetoric he got and the supporters he had. You also have like people focus too much on the entertainment part of politics in terms of like watching the TV shows and like the, the horse race politics part of it. And like whoever says the most extreme silly thing will, will get the most attention like that Mm. Trump tapped into that. He literally just, he seen all the worst parts of America and was able to bundle them up into a fucking stick that he could use to win. And it was, yeah. And like, I think I remember way back when, when we first started this, could have been episode one, flashback to it, but you had said at the time, like, again, it's like almost, it was a reaction to, you know, the years of Obama beforehand. Obama was a change candidate who tapped into hope. And, you know, for the people who maybe were disenfranchised because they didn't feel the benefits of that change or that hope, um, Trump came along to tap into the rage and the frustration. Yeah. But I mean, it could have been someone else. It could have been Ted Cruz. Like yeah. the, the the Texan senator who's a shit in his own right, but arguably not as bad as Trump. But Trump also had that celebrity part of him as well. Like they had, he had, he just, he, he knows how to get attention mm. because he wants to be the most famous person in the world. He's been practicing that for all the many decades that he's alive. So he just knows how to do it. And he tapped into it so well. The danger is, will America learn its lesson if they choose not to reelect him? Like mm. it, it, you can't just vote Biden in and go, woof, fucking wipe the sweat off our brow. It's all over. Thank God. Let's just, yeah. let's relax back into things being fine again. No, like the, the, the same system that brought Trump in, Trump in is still there. And to be honest, it could potentially bring in someone worse. So yeah, do hard work. Like look at your constitution, look at the problems that are in there. Look at what you can change at a real level. Don't just go, oh, that's just academic bullshit. We have to, we have to concentrate on running things and changing things now. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But you know, do both. <laughs> you're the United yeah. States of America. You're the Democratic Party. You have the ability to, to think about two things at once. I hope. Well, maybe mm. Joe Biden doesn't, but the people around him do. <laughs> so, 
yeah I mean yeah. I know myself you got issues of political capital the thing we've never defined and all those other yeah. things going on it's not always easy to do all these things but like take a chance to reflect and actually look at what was wrong that brought him in there don't just don't just go oh we won it's fine now like yeah. look at what was wrong and you um, just as we're kind of wrapping things up you believe like you said in your heart of hearts that Biden if you had to put you know gun to your head gun to your balls you would put your money on Biden. Yeah, I think he's going to win. Yeah. I, and I, I'm i nearly sure he's going to win by so much that it'll it'll be like a big victory that we'll know pretty soon. It won't be like the drawn out feckin' week on week recount suing all the things, those kind of things. I'm nearly sure oh, we should know yeah. by Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. I could be totally wrong though. Like I, I just, I, I, could I'm, be. I'm terrified as well. Like I mean, I'm just, I'm betting, I'm, I'm basing this on the fact that there's so much early voting and there's mm-hmm. so much pro, well, not pro-Biden, anti-Trump enthusiasm yeah. out there that I think that and there's like record under 30 voting as well yeah. which you would assume would skew Democrat yeah. but I could be wrong these numbers could be like there could be numbers in there that we don't know about of people that didn't vote for Trump last time but want to vote for him now registering and coming in as well that could be yeah. part of it we don't know look if I, I, I'm I, I the same as you uh, and I don't know whether it's logic or optimism or hope that's motivate desperation that's motivating it but i do think deep down that it'll be biden but if it's not and it is we are looking at four more years of trump then i'll i'll just say yeah you know all it will take to feel better about it is time travel time travel is how we're going to do this <laughs> elect right your chrono your cr- centers that are senators yeah write to your chrono congressmen and Krogos, chrono senators um <laughs> Like, and we, we can we, we can fix this. You know how to write to them though, right? You, you write it in a bottle, you put it in the ground and then they dig it up in the future. That's how they get there. Right, that's yeah. it. Well, if you want to write to a future chrono sure. congressman, but yeah. if they're in the past, you're going to need um, a, a chrono pigeon. A chrono pigeon. A chrono messenger pigeon, yes. I think we've talked about chrono pigeons chrono pigeon. before. No, we talked about chrono bees. Chrono bees. <laughs> that was it. I asked you if, God, what was the question? That if you could like, Bee sting anyone throughout history, oh, throughout, throughout history, who would it be? And I said it was a chrono bee, so it could travel in time. Um, so we have the technology; it's there. So look, if if Trump does win, again, you know the the, the simple answer is like like anything, like any pain, like any any hardships in life. The answer is time travel, travel through time, change it. Yeah. That's it. Forget this reality. Change change history and live in the nicer one. Well, that's it. Yeah, we can always branch trade off. pocket dimensions. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we can always do that. Alternative realities, like there, that's fine. Or um, I don't know, play more Switch or something. Who knows? True. Change this into Dude, a hey. Great British Great British Bake Off appreciation. We'll go back and watch all the old episodes. Yeah. Oh, look. If yeah, maybe that's it. If Trump wins, maybe we'll just completely just rebrand this podcast. Give, give up pimps. on WAP. Give up on Pimp. No, no, we'll, be, we'll be Pimps, to- but it'll be about Great British Bake Off. Okay, I'll have to do some work on that acronym to, to turn that around. <laughs> There's another question, though. Oh, uh, if you nut in space, does it push you backwards? Thanks, Jer. <laughs> oh, so this was, this was, you put out, when we put out the question on Instagram, this is one of the questions we got back. Yeah. If you nut in space, does it push you backwards? Uh, I tried to research it, to be honest, I did. Um, yeah. And I found out that there were, there have actually, but there was a couple in space who hid that they were married because like they don't right. like astronauts having relationships before they go travel. And sure. people suspect that that might have happened then, but NASA has never admitted to people having sex in space. So we're not sure, Jer. We're just not sure. 
We just don't have the data yet. We don't have the data. I don't Although make I it think it's, I haven't seen the film Gravity since it came out in cinemas, but I remember George Clooney drifting off into space. Like he was in at the start and then Sandra Bullock just had to deal with the rest of herself. But did he drift off into space because he nutted and he didn't have the momentum to get back? Was that it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was it. I remember when we watched we just, that, you were like, I was describing it and you were like, oh yeah, wow, it's like one of the biggest fears, isn't it? Flying off into space. <laughs> it's yeah, like, man, it. this guy worries about so many things. <laughs> yeah, but just the idea, it, it was so terrifying. It still is. The idea of drifting Richie, forever. But like, of all the things you need to worry about, floating off drifting into the forever depth space. Of, no, it's not one of them. Trust me. Trust me. If I can reassure you on anything. Oh. Looking at the sky right now, Steve. Don't trust it. Oh, he's gone. No, I'm just looking up at the sky. Don't trust it. <laughs> how much? How much do you trust gravity, Steve? Entirely. <laughs> I see. I don't at all. <laughs> um. So <clears throat> is that it? I think that's it. That's it. That's it. We um, solved the presidency we, puzzle. We did, Ray. Um. We have a T-shirt. Um, if you look at the link in our show notes, we have a, a nice cotton t-shirt that you can buy. A listener pointed out that there are less options in the lady design, which is not great, but I can't fix that. So apologies. But yeah, I, we're not making these. We're just availing of an online service yeah. that does it. I mean, um, that, that's the only excuse we can give. It's a pathetic one, but that's all we have. And I, 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 yeah, can't fix it, but maybe you can buy a man one. Yeah. Just wear it, like wear it in bed, like a comfy. Wear it you want to wear it. Comfy, comfy or, or baggy. Or when you're painting, you know, you're a big baggy old clothes when you're painting your art. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just buy the fucking t-shirt. Well, just buy a t-shirt. <laughs> you need more examples. When you're eating spaghetti. You know when you're, you know when you're, you have your spaghetti t-shirt. Just buy the fucking t-shirt. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you know when you're baking bread. You know, like, you know when you're nodding in space. <laughs> just buy the fucking t-shirt. Uh, um, we should be hired to do more ads. <laughs> Uh, at one on politics on instagram and on twitter if you fancy leaving us a lovely review that would go down super well um what on politics at gmail.com if you want to get in contact with us let us know um your thoughts on on what's going to happen maybe with the election do you think who do you think is going to win um can you if you're not in space does it push you backwards all of these things uh if you want to do a quiz let us know or if you have a better idea for some fun thing we could do maybe you could play among us oh i was thinking that yeah because we played that last night it's fun oh my god so among us if for those who aren't aware it's it's uh, you probably are aware it's gone quite viral as a game it's a very memeable game but it's kind of like a murder mystery set on a spaceship game that you play on your phone with your friends and you have to try and figure out who the one person on your crew is that's going around killing people and we were playing last night and I think two or three goes in a row Steve and I were like it's chosen at random entirely who the murderer is we at the were, start we were the imposter we were the, we were both the murderer it was great like two we or did three really times well. in a row we did really well we, we have, really have a knack for murder more so than podcasting <laughs> <laughs> so good to know but maybe yeah maybe we'll do a group um, among us thing we'll see like that. shout out what like, things you would like to do and we will see what we can organise for y'all yeah we'll get we'll get through all this together guys take care of yourselves out there look after your heads and uh we'll see you around oh no richie's gone into space <laughs> it's my chrono senator <laughs> what party is he with he he just said politics in motion party <gasps> <laughs>
<laughs> the future's going to be all right, Steve. <laughs> this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.